0: Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. How many ready for the word tonight? How many knows what next Wednesday night is? It's the first Wednesday night of the month. That means it's what? Worship Wednesday. We're going to have an incredible time next Wednesday night at 7. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. But tonight I want to speak to you for just a few moments. And I got a question that's really going to set up uh, the talk tonight. Um, and the question is this. This is one of those questions you've got to be perfectly honest. Look at your neighbor and go, tell the truth. Okay, Miss Susie, tell the truth. If you some, tell the tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. OK, here's the question. How many of you have ever been asked in your life to do something that you didn't want to do? Amen. All right. Now you can keep your hand up right here because we're, we're, we're taking that poll. OK, and we're going to see how many people actually drop it or how many people actually now say I'm really going to be honest. So how many of you uh, were asked to do something you really didn't want to do? <laughs> and Bless God, you just didn't do it. <laughs> That means they ask you to do it, and you just didn't do it. Okay. oh me oh me you can put your hand down. Praise God, this isn't, uh, this isn't one of those classes where we're going to you know, uh, meditate over you and believe for your healing. No, I think we've all been in a place in life where we've been asked to do something that we really didn't want to do, and some of us got out of it, and we just didn't do it. How did we get out of it? We came up with an excuse. How many of y'all read the Facebook page? Y'all already knew what we're going to talk about tonight. See, there? See, I thought, I was like, wow, they really in the spirit tonight. No, somebody put it on Facebook, and y'all, we're going to talk about excuses tonight. I, 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 anybody in here, anybody here a professional excuse giver? Like, you're a pro at it. Like, you could flip an excuse, like, somebody say something, be like, no, it's da-da-da-da-da. Anybody in the house? I was a professional growing up. <clears throat> I was, a, I pride myself. I was a professional excuse giver. But if y'all know my dad... It didn't matter how professional I thought I was. <laughs> if he thought it needed to be done, bless God, it needed to be done, and it got done. Amen. It don't matter if the sun was down. It's kind of like eating the food. You know, I know this is totally off subject, but it's like, you know, when your parents make you eat a food, and they're like, you're not leaving the table till you do, and it comes midnight, and you're still, like, nodding off. You're like, they really meant it. Well, it's the same thing when dad asked me to do something. I thought I'd like let it slide a little bit. And the hour got late. I'd catch it tomorrow. No, 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 no. We got spotlights on the side of the house. Whatever it was, yard work, we going to get it done. Amen? Amen. How many, how many are that tenacious at home? No, you're not. You're like, man, it'll, we'll just get it tomorrow. We'll just get it tomorrow. I think growing up, a lot of us, a lot of us were professional. Not just me. I think a lot of us were professional excuse uh, makers. But the, the area that excuses really shine the best in my life are um, when it comes to working out. <laughs> Y'all don't laugh too hard. Because, well, I ain't going to say that. Never mind that. <laughs> Y'all been like, I can't believe he said that. But it's, it's the truth. When it comes to working out, if I can find the, the smallest, I only need one good reason to not work out. And I'll exploit the heck out of it. Like, have you ever been that person... Have you ever been that person, like you get up early, you get dressed, you put on your gym attire, you really do this thing where you think you are, and you walk in the gym and actually walk around the gym and walk right back out and didn't even work out. You ever been, like, I, excuse, I mean, we'll come up with some dumb stuff like, I, I, it's the wrong iPod ear, earbuds for this phone or, or, or the socks don't match. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will exploit the heck out of one good reason. I told y'all, Professional professional i think we all we're all we're all that way we're all that way what happened i found an excuse everybody say excuse now excuses have a lot of different definitions but but biblically and 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 in my opinion uh the the definition for excuse is offering up a cover-up reason to conceal the real reason that's what an excuse is. It, it's because if you're really told the real reason, you may offend somebody. And we don't want to do that. We want, everybody, we want everybody to love us. Amen? Sure we do. Sure we do. So we come up with an excuse to conceal or cover up the real reason <laughs> that we don't want to do it. And when it was the gym, I, I basically, I just didn't want to. Anybody ever had one of those? Y'all remember Dad's message? Just don't want to. Don't, I actually think I heard him saying that a while ago in the cafe. I don't want to. But, but I want to speak, speak to you tonight from the subject real quickly, living for solutions, not excuses, living for solutions, not excuses, excuses are basically, uh, basically show up when we don't want to own up to the real reason. So we come up with an excuse. That's when excuse shows up when I don't want to own up to the real, the real thing. I'm going to come up with something else. I, I don't want to. Um, it, it's a bad day. My, my, my big toe hurts. Y'all, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just come up with some off-the-wall stuff. Any bosses in here? You're a boss, and you got employees under you, and they call out. And you've heard some of the, I mean, I remember as a supervisor, I've heard some of the most jacked up. I mean, it, it puts my dog ate my homework to shame. I'm like, it's like my, my car ate it, or it got sucked up in the vacuum cleaner, or, 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 or my keys got sucked up in the vacuum cleaner, and my vacuum cleaner ate it. I'm like, well, go in there and get it out of the bag. I mean, just crazy. Crazy stuff. Everybody say excuses. But, but the sad thing is, we tell, and they're lies. I mean, the truth is, they're lies. And we tell them to others, we tell them to ourselves, we tell them to the pastor, we tell them to God. <laughs> We, we tell we, whatever it is to come up with an excuse, but the truth about excuses is they didn't just show up in today's society If we really dig into scripture and we're going to be in acts chapter 3 if you want to go there We'll be there in just a minute But if you if you go back into scripture and you really dive into excuses excuses came all the way back to the very beginning Everybody say beginning That's in the book of genesis. How many know adam and eve? Yep, Adam and Eve were, were, were hanging out in the garden naked, unashamed, just, just, just chilling, right? And the serpent slithers in on the scene. He goes, so, EVE, what's happening? Okay, y'all just work with me. I was just trying to be funny. But anyway, and he says, so, how about some of this fruit? And you know the story. She takes the fruit, loves the fruit, and husband comes back in the garden or wherever he was out, whatever he was doing. And, and, and she goes, how about some fruit? And he's like, we naked eating fruit. Hey, it's a good day. And so they ate fruit. Now, if this is offending y'all, oh, well. So anyway, and uh, I mean, it's in the Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. Unless you want me to code it with they were nakedeth eating fruiteth. I don't know, whatever. But anyway, so it don't even come out right. So anyway. So, so he comes, you know the story. And then when God shows up on the scene, they immediately recognize that they're naked. They re- immediately recognize that something has changed. And they all automatically came up with an excuse. Because God said, hey, what happened? And she, the, the woman spoke up first. Okay, guys, that was your opportunity to go, yep, I know exactly what you mean. No, y'all was playing it safe. I know, I know. Amy's like, don't you dare say a word. Now, but she spoke up first. She said, God. It was the serpent's fault. What was that? An excuse. And then and then he looks at and then he looks at it looks at Adam and says, Hey, what happened? And Adam went double. He double barreled. He said, It's the woman that you sent me. Now, now he not only blamed the woman, now he's blaming God. That's double excuse. That's double. Everybody say, double whammy. Double, double, double whammy. So, so so. In, 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 the book, in the book of Exodus, there's another, there's another story about an excuse. Everybody say excuse. Where Moses shows up one day and the burning bush begins to speak to him. And we know that this was God's voice. And God was saying, hey, I want you to go to Egypt and get my people, let, set my people free. And what did Moses say? But, 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 but God, I can't speak. They can't understand me. You've got the wrong one. How many knows God will always take our our our, our little our, our, our imperfections, and He will always use that for His glory. Because that way, the attention doesn't get shifted on the person; it gets shifted on the one who strengthened the person. Amen. And so, and so, so, so Moses was making up an excuse. And you know what I've learned in life? It's really hard to obey God, and it's hard to lead by our butt. But how many times do we let our butt lead? But I, but God. But I, I really wanna I really want to get out of this. I, I, I know that this friendship, this relationship, it's not of you but God. We can't you can't be led by your butt. Mm. And how we put an emphasis on our butt. Y'all stay with me now. Y'all, y'all sliding a little to the left. Everybody say But but here we go. But what I want us to do is I want us to look at this powerful story if you if you're not already there go with me to Acts chapter 3 and I want us to look at this story and see what it looks like to live life with solutions instead of excuses you know I've always said it that the one the, the number one thing keeping you and I from being where God wants us to be is you we want to blame it but God it was the devil but 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 again you can't be led by your butt we must, we must live life with solutions and not excuses. And I believe after tonight, through this story, our lives will be forever changed. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, God, that you're going to anoint this time. God, and I ask that you would speak uh, to, to each one of us tonight, straight from the throne room, so that we might live for solutions, bringing solutions, and dropping excuses. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said a man. All right, Acts chapter 3 verse 1 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us! So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Now here's Peter and John. They're on their way. They're on their way to prayer. Something they do every day. Just ordinary. Everybody say ordinary stuff. It's just your everyday stuff. And this guy who's been lame from birth is about to see something extraordinary take place. But this is what we must know about the extraordinary. Before the extraordinary comes, the ordinary must first take place. If you're writing that down, if you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down. (laughs) In order for us to see the extraordinary, in order for us to see God move in our life, we must make sure that we are connected with the ordinary. Listen, the secret to your success, the secret to my success is wrapped up in our daily routine. Okay? Y'all know how I do. I, I'm, I'm just teaching just, 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 just stuff that you can wrap your, your, your arms, your fingers around. Okay? This is stuff that you should pick up every day. These are tools that I want to give you. The secret of our success is wrapped up in our daily routine. But, but, <laughs> say it, but, but what do we want to do? God, I need you to come through for me for this. So what do we do? This is what Christians do. We're real good at asking, saying, God, I need you to do this, but then what do we do? Sweet hour of prayer, I'm waiting on you, Jesus. No, see, we're just hanging out. We're real good at saying, this is what I need, but then what do we do? We We just sit. No, there's something God wants you to do. We're... If we would ever truly understand that what God is trying to get to us is going to be found in our everyday, ordinary life. You're 9 to 5, cooking at the stove, walking through Walmart. You just never know how God wants to get what you've been believing Him for to you. You think He's just going to drop it out of heaven. He may want to use the very person that you're trying to avoid at work. Maybe I should say that again. You know that person just gets under your skin. You see them at Walmart. It may not even be some of you work with, just some of somebody in the community. You're like, "Oh, Jesus, I hope they didn't see me." "Hey, Pastor Bradley." What? <laughs> Y'all know I wouldn't do that. Y'all test me. Try it out and see. No, but it's true. Maybe God is wanting to 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 bring that thing you're believing him for to you by the very person you're trying to avoid. He's like, It was right there the whole time, but you were going the other direction. Sounds like Jonah. Say, oh me. We must understand that the miraculous is wrapped up in the mundane. Y'all know we don't like the mundane. What's the mundane? Alarm goes off. If you're in my house, you hear it go off like five times. Snooze is of the devil. You should have helped get me up so I could go to the gym. Why didn't you get up when your alarm went off? It was your fault. You didn't help me. Sounds like an excuse to me. I'm not going to tell you which one of us did that. But anyway, she's smiling from ear to ear back there. How in the world did I, get, did I get drug into this? I go at 730. I don't go at 5 o'clock in the morning. If you can't hear your alarm, okay. I'm just playing, baby. I love you. <laughs> oh, y'all know I'm going to be on the couch tonight. But it's true, the miraculous and the things that you're believing God for, could it be, could it be, could it be in the mundane? Could it be in the mundane? It's wrapped up in our everyday life, in our coming and in our going, in our believing and in our trusting, in our prayer and in our worship, in our prayer and in our worship. Maybe it's found in our prayer time and then in our worship time. See, we think that we just come in here and we sing songs that we like and then and then we don't sing any of the songs that the worship team's trying to get you to engage in because we don't like the song. It wasn't for you anyway, it's for Him. And perhaps He's trying to get you to a place where you can be set free in His presence, but because you refuse to actually press in and let go of the things that's got you bound, maybe that's the very thing that's keeping you from your miracle and your breakthrough. Could it be that possibly... The thing keeping you from your breakthrough is you. When it was found in the, it can be found in the mundane things. But the challenge is everybody, everybody wants a harvest, but nobody wants to step into the garden and start plowing. It's called mundane. The farmer, the farmer can't truly see his harvest until he falls in love with actually plowing the field. I'm sure he, oh, he loves what's going to come in, the cash flow that's coming in at the end of the season. But, but I believe he was probably in love with the process of getting there. Some of us need to get in love with the process. Stop fighting the process. Because it's the process that's going to get you to your potential and to your promise. You may want to write that down. It's the process that's going to get you to your potential and your promise. Everybody say process. Yep. We love to talk about breakthrough. Listen, the secret to a harvest is learning to love plowing the field. The secret to seeing... Hmm, the secret to us at Forward Church actually doing what we say and get, get hyped up about when we say we're going to flip this city upside down and we're going to introduce people who are far from God to a, a, to a risen Savior. When we get excited about that. But guess what we got to fall in love with? The process of actually putting our hands to the plow it's not just showing up and go well i'm here i don't know where everybody else is at are we really in love with the process do we really care about the people that we work with and the people that we rub elbows with in the community do we really care that they may be going to hell do we really care that their marriages is is almost to the point of just a complete obliteration do we care do we truly believe when we say god break my heart for what breaks yours Ladies and gentlemen, a home that is almost in the break of destruction, that breaks the heart of God. Where are you? See, I love the silence, and I did it that way on purpose because that needs to reverberate through our spirits tonight. The people that are hurting. Do we really care until we fall in love with the process of how this room's going to get filled up? And it's not even about filling this room, but a filled up room means a filled up heaven. Hello? When this place gets full, that means there needs to be more occupancy in heaven. But no, 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 no. We, we just want our four and no more. And we want it to be this way and not that way. And God's up there going, hello, hey, 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 hey. I got plenty of room up here. Are we in love with the process? Are you in love with the process? Somebody say, I'm in love. With the process. Prayer was a part of their life. We're talking about Peter and John. Prayer was a part of their everyday life. Prayer is what we do. That's what they said. It's what we do. Some of us, we wake up on Sundays and we're like, I don't know, it's nice outside. And I, I'm not knocking about getting being on the boat because I think we all need to take a vacation. I'm taking one real soon. See you later. I'll be back, but I'm taking a vacation. You should too. But but the thing is, when we but when we but when we step outside of that and go, I'm just going to miss today. I, I'm not pressing on anybody, for, so don't. I'm just telling you how the enemy works. Because then, once you say it once, then it becomes easy, and becomes easy, and the next time you're all greasy, sliding right out the back door, and we're walking away from our process, our potential, and our promise. Because we got everything, all of our world is boats and cars and vacations and cruises and airplanes and flying everywhere. That's cool. Select a date. But then go like they did. I mean, they're praying every day. The miracle that we're getting ready to read about. I know I've said in here for just a second. But what I want you to understand is the miracle that was about to happen happened on just an ordinary day. When they weren't even expecting it. Perhaps your miracle, your promise, your breakthrough is going to happen when you least expect it. But when you're just knocking out the 9 to 5, whatever, whatever, 12-hour days of your mundane, everyday life. That's where you're going to see God move in your life. Because truly all it is, he wants to know, are you you faithful? Will you be faithful with that 9 to 5? Will you be faithful with that 12-hour shift? Listen, if we'll keep praying and if we'll keep worshiping, God is bound to do something. God is bound. If we'll just show up on Sundays and Wednesdays, God is bound to do something. Man, we've we've got an influx of of, of, of VIP. I don't know if y'all have noticed it, but my desk at the house is starting to get a little thick with VIP cards. I don't know what y'all doing, but all I'm rejoicing because that's what we've been believing for. More people to jump on board, catch the vision, and go, we're going to change our city. We care about people in our community. We care about the people whose homes are, are on the break of destruction. We care about the young people whose lives have been shattered because of torn houses and homes. In my life, my my prayer, I want to live my life trusting God in or in the ordinary things and watch God do the extraordinary. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. So back to the story. Instead of offering a problem or excuse, they brought a solution. Here, here they are. Here's the guy every day, probably his whole entire life, he's been brought to the gate beautiful, begging, and people are giving him, and, 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 and Peter and John just showing up like they do every day. But the extraordinary is about to happen. I want to give you three practical handles in about ten minutes. I want to give you three practical handles that I believe we need to grab a hold of that is going to change Our lives. And the way we do life. Acts chapter 3 verse 6. Then Peter said. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Everybody say walk. Hallelujah. Instead of an excuse. He gave them a solution. So the point number one is this. Give what you got. Everybody say, give what you got. Give what you got. The enemy enemy has convinced us that we don't have nothing to give. That's for the worship leader. That's for the Sunday school teacher. That's for the youth director. That's for the pastor. No, you have something to give. Give what you got. Give what you've got. I'm not even talking about money. not talking about money. Okay, you're going to see this. But you've got something to give. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, so you've got something to give. You've got something to give. If you'll give what you do have, I believe you'll begin to see the miraculous. If you'll give what you have, God will God'll pour in what he has. And that's what really does it, is what he does. Amen? I remember not too long ago, Amy and I, it was after a long day of craziness on her job and craziness. I know y'all think pastors got a real easy, you know, it's just eating bonbons and hanging out. and you know. No, it's, it's our problems that we carry, and it's it's your problems that we carry too because we're family, right? And I'll never forget, we were at Bill's eating and we were just sharing across the table. It was just Amy and I. Ansley must have been cheerleading practice or something. And we were just sharing. I remember it was a rough week and, and we were just sharing. And, and uh, towards the end of our meal, we were wrapped up and and our waitress brought, it, brought us a note. It was a yellow notebook pad of paper and it had writing on it. And she said, somebody uh, from the restaurant that just left wanted you to have this. So I opened it up and began, I tried to find it. I, I thought it was in my sun visor because I was like, I need this on days when I have one of those, those kind of days. And I could not find it. You ever, you ever hide stuff so you know right where to go, but then you forgot right where to go? I about flipped my house upside down trying to find that thing. It'll come up, i watched, But anyway, it was everything that I needed to hear. It was somebody that attends this church and it just began to lay out their viewpoint Of how they saw Amy and I. How they saw our relationship. How they saw Amy as a person. And how they saw me as a person. Simply just because. I think a lot of the verbiage was. You're real. You care. You're genuine. You're not just the the, the stuff. With a title. Whatever. I mean all this stuff. I'm I'm not making stuff up. To puff up. I'm just saying. It was what I needed to hear. Because I was at one of my low days. God knew exactly. What I needed to hear. And it was, I was just, I was blown away. I, I, I was just completely blown away. And I thought, this dude didn't have, I mean, I don't know if he just had a piece of paper in his pocket ready for something. Or if he sent somebody back out to the car to get it. But he sat at his table and wrote a two-page paper. And it may seem funny, but it was exactly what I needed. I folded it up, finished our meal, get ready to leave. I'm looking around for the ticket. Y'all know what happened next. The ticket was taken care of too. Give what you got. Again, I'm not talking about money. If you've got words of encouragement, don't hold on to them. If if you feel a nudge, I I guarantee you, it's not going to be the enemy saying, why don't you just tell them that Jesus loves them? That ain't the devil going to tell you to do that. (laughs) Or if somebody wants to, if you feel something to encourage somebody. I I was laying in the bed today studying right before we came. And my phone rang with somebody I hadn't heard from George that I hadn't heard from in... A long time. And I, I actually answered the phone and said, you must have butt dialed me because you ain't called me in like 10 years. <laughs> and they just began to say, hey, what's going on? Give me a mini, mini version of what's going on. And then they began to, to pour into my life and to begin to say some things because it's just been one of those kind of weeks. I'm saying, give what you got. That person didn't, they're on vacation. And they kept saying, you have been on my spirit so strong. And today it was like, you need to call now. That person gave what they got. What they got from up above, they gave it. How are you doing with giving what you got? Giving what you got. Acts chapter 3, verse 7. Here we go. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. If, you're, if you've got your, your notes, either write that down or underline that in your Bible. He helped him up. He helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Point number two, how to bring a solution and drop excuses, partner with people. Partner with people. Now, this has been real hard for me. (laughs) What did he tell him? He said, get up and walk. Remember what I said. We do real good with saying, speaking to somebody saying, God wants you to be healed. And then we walk away. Or I'm, y'all know the classic Christian statement. I am praying for you. No, stop and pray for them right then. And then if they can't get up on their own, help them up and walk with them. How are we doing with that as a church? Sure, we open up the doors and, we're, and we'll be quick to come down and pray for somebody. But if they if they can't find the tra- redemption and transformation is a process if they can't get it right right then how many are willing to walk beside them and help them walk in? and and, and your strength becomes their strength until they've got their own strength and can walk on their own are we willing to do that as a church man it's quiet in here tonight and that's okay partner with people listen this is what we got to notice about this the power is Christ he said, get up and walk. But, but what happened next? The hand was Peter. I read this today, and it, and it blew my mind. He said, get up and walk. We hadn't got there yet, but it says, when he helped him up, he regained his strength. You can, you can say, get up and be healed, but the healing didn't take place until he, Peter got down and began to. It was in the moment that he was willing to, do, to be obedient to God. His miracle came when he began to be obedient by getting up. He was trying. Peter saw that he was struggling, and he what? Put out his hand and helped him up. The power is in Christ, but the hand is you. That's why it says we're to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Greater things that he, we'll, we will do greater things than, than Christ did. And Peter and John knew that. Why? Because they have a relationship with him, and these are things that he told them you will do greater things. Everybody say, Christ has the power. Listen, in order for the power to be extended, he needs your hands. He needs your hands. We've got to be the church that partners with people. We've got to be the church that partners with people. When people are down and out, that's when we step in the gap. How many have ever been stuck in, in, in a trench before? Like trying to dig yourself out. There are people, and you may not be there now, but there are people around you that are in the trench. They are stuck. And, they're, and, and if we would just stop our busy lives and look in the trench and see, they probably got their hand out for help. But then there's others that are too prideful. They'll never say, oh, I need help. Oh, my marriage is a shamble. Oh, I'm living two different lifestyles. Oh, I, they'll never say that because they're too prideful. That's when we go, you need help. You want help? let me help you but we do have too many christians to go you need help let me help you and they didn't want help they didn't truly want to be saved they didn't truly want to be healed okay so do you want do you want change in your life yes desperately bless god jump in the trench with them and help them get unstuck everybody say unstuck. unstuck how many unstuck christians here tonight you were once in the trench but you're not anymore if you're in, if you're saying I can't raise my hand, I'm in the trench. Well, bless God, call out for help. Yes. Whoa. We've got to partner with people. Listen. The entire Bible is fighting to get us to partner together. The enemy is fighting to get us to separate and cause division. That's why people are walking out of churches left and right. Matter of fact, that's why people, when they stop going from church to church to church to church, they just drop out altogether. Why? Because the enemy is fighting for division and separation when God is just fighting to get us to partner together. And let me say this, a lot of people don't understand this, and you, and, it may, and you may disagree with me, and that's okay, but God didn't call me to be a bridge creator between ministries. If, men, if other churches don't want get to get partner together, the enemy would love for me to spend my energy and my time saying, come on, we got to do this together. That shouldn't be anything that any other church should have to pray but I'm not being ugly about any other churches or exalting us and downing I'm not. This is what I'm saying. Because a lot of people go, well, how come you don't show up at this event? How come you don't know? Listen, if they don't want to partner together, well, are you saying it's got to be your way? No, 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 I'm not saying that. But if you're not willing to change, if you're still trying to use old bait to catch people and you come back in with empty, clean nets, guess what? It's time to change bait. Sorry I'm spitting so much, but it'll be okay. It's fresh water. <laughs> But it's true. The enemy would love for us to spend our time trying to bridge the gap. Listen, if that ain't happening, you go out and fish. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. Partner with people. I'm going to say this and then I'll go to the last one. When I hit the last one, you can bring the music to help me land the plane. But partnering with people is hard for me. And I'll tell you, this 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 is a different version or a different way of looking at this. In the past two weeks, we've had some crazy stuff happen at the Weber house. Two months ago, this is probably way too personal, but okay, whatever. Y'all have had to do it too. We had to have our septic pumped, okay? And when the guy did it, he's like, hey, come here, I need to show you something. I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> he's like, no, I want you to see. The water from, from, our, from our, 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 what do you call it? Field drain, drain field. Was water, well, whatever it was. Anyway, it was coming back in and filling up the tank he said you've got a problem he said they put your drain field in between two trees i was like well why would they do that the trees were already here oh because they want to come back and help you later well thank you everybody say home ownership, home ownership. yes so so he said hey we got to get this taken care of he told me some things to do to g- kill the roots and i did all that well guess what i was in the shower the other day it's been 2 months and i was singing praising the lord and um and my toilet started be boxing, bubbles. I'd already heard that two months before, so I knew what it was. Tank was full again. So, calling back out, he said, Yeah, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to move your drain field. Drop a lot of money to do that. Maybe I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> anyway, he said, You're gonna have to move your drain field. I get, but I got trees everywhere. He said, Yeah, you're gonna have to move those too. So now, so now, so now, within two months, we've had it pumped twice, now I've got to move a drain field and time is of the essence because it's filling up from the drain field that's not working okay, then Amy calls me last Wednesday before church and says, hey, you're never going to believe this I thought, oh no, you hit a deer, because they like a magnet to her car, she said, no one of the teachers backed up after school and hit my car both doors on the driver's side got to be replaced so so, so, so we've, we've got we we pumped the septic twice. Now we got to move um, the, 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 the drain field. Car's been hit. Then last night, I'm sitting in the bed studying. You're like, you sit in the bed a lot. Well, I don't have an office. And I'm going to be comfortable sitting in the bed and study. And, and it starts storming. Y'all know it's and I, through the house. Girls, unplug all the TVs. We did. Unplug all the TVs. I'm sitting on the bed. All of a sudden, bam. And it's like a light just, I thought Jesus showed up in the room. It's said. Well, I didn't think nothing about it. Well, later on, we start plugging TVs back up, and Daddy, my, my TV's not working. Well, we unplugged it, zapped her Direct TV box, zapped our Direct TV box, DVR ain't working in the main. So now we got we got repair people coming for that. So I got crap going on in the front yard. Car door got to be replaced. Time is of the essence. And, and I, got, I, got, I got electricity just blew up everything in my house. And then I got, bless God, I got somebody in the church saying, hey, we're going to come help you cut down some trees. And we're going to help you do the drain field. I'm like, I would rather write a check and let somebody else come and do it for me. See, I'm having a hard time partnering with people. I, I wanted to show you a different version of this. I have a hard time asking for help. And then even when I don't ask for it and they show up and say, we're going to. I have a hard time accepting that partnering with people. And matter of fact, I was so stressed out when the guy came and told me he said you got 2 weeks to get those trees dropped and get this line he said you got 2 weeks. And I'm going and I got vacation coming. I'm like freaking out. And so I called the brother in the church that said it was Adam. He said, "Hey, we're going we're going to help you do this. We're going to we're going to get this done." I called him, I said, dude, I mean, I'm texting. I text her, I text Sarah, I text Adam, because neither one of them responded. I needed somebody to calm me down, because I, I was wired, you know, kind of like right now. I just needed to partner with somebody that would go, hey, it's going to be okay. Somebody said, well, that's trivial. All that stuff will happen. But I ain't never dug no hole. I ain't never dropped a tree. And I sure, sure hadn't got in a drain field for sewer stuff. <laughs> Everybody say partner with people. When God sends the help, don't be so quick to go, no thank you. Partner with people. Perhaps the breakthrough and the promise that you're needing is coming in a way that you never saw coming. If that offended you, I apologize. But I wanted you to see that perhaps... Go ahead and bring that music. Perhaps God is wanting to do something in you. And it's right in front of you. But you just refuse to partner with people. The last, the last one. And you can read the rest of this story. He got up and walked and everybody was astonished. Point number three for bringing a solution, dropping excuses... Is to see the message in the miracle. See the message in the miracle. It's oftentimes in our re- in our rejection of things, or when we face rejection, that God brings His direction. Okay. There, there is a message in the miracle. See if. If if all he would have done was received his healing in his legs, he would have missed out on, that's what he wanted, but he would have missed out on what he needed. And that was fresh legs and a changed soul. I already know that God's probably going to do some crazy stuff in me, in me, through this process that I'm getting ready to take on in a very short amount of time. And I and I and I, I, I mean what I preach, God through this process, through this whatever, whatever it is you want me to learn, whatever it is you want to show me, to change me, to be more like you. And I'm telling you, God God will use the craziest things to teach us. And He's teaching me, partner with people. But there's a message. There's a message in the miracle. And, and, and let me say this don't look at rejection as as a negative because I think about all the, the, the I was thinking today about the first moments of this ministry back when I was in high school when the ministry first started in Tom Hammond's home as a Bible study and we were looking for property, Dude, y'all looked for property for years this ministry was in a home, it was in a carport when it rained we put plastic down we were in a hotel conference room. We were in what used to be the elementary school, which is now the office at of the middle school. It was a multi-purpose room, and that was where we met. What am I saying? All the rejection, we've looked at it as rejection. Old church, half-shell building. We joke about being in the old Walmart, but we're thankful because we got space now. Okay. So we can't look at rejection of why didn't things happen sooner? It's through rejection that we get God's direction. Because he's keeping us from things. And keeping us from roads. Keeping us from relationships that would have steered us in the wrong direction. Would you stand with me tonight? So in order for us. In order for us. Put those points back up baby doll. In order for us to bring solutions and drop the excuses. Number one, we've got to give what we've got. Give what we've got. Number two, partner with people. And number three, look for the message in the miracle. And don't be discouraged through rejection. It's God's leading us in his direction. Amen. God, I thank you for your word tonight. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.